Good, good evening and welcome to our mid-week service. Could you give me a little more volume, maybe a little bit or two? Um, our midweek service, uh, we've been talking about connections, so we'll, small world, big God, so we're going we're gonna to get back into that, finish up with that. And you know, I was meditating on it. Uh, I was meditating on it a lot this week. You know, I just I look at how God has afforded us such a wonderful life, but I look at how sometimes we can uh, uh, be so caught up in our heads. So, 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 so this is the thing. Uh, we'll be talking about this in class. You uh, uh, just talking about spiritual authority. This is the thing, like, if we really embrace the, the realness of God, we, I, I know there's a teaching we did here at the church, uh, I don't know, I, I don't even know, I think we might have did it at the second location, you know, just talking about the realness of God. You know, we can just embrace the realness of God, and, I mean, really, really embrace it. I understand that there's, we know that there's a God, we know he created some things, and so we, we, we have the stage where we accept the God. We have the stage where we acknowledge God. We have the stage where we talk about God. But we want to really press in where God is real. When God is real, uh, we have a lot less worry and, and, and frustration and concern. I was talking to somebody today. You know, when you really operate in a level of knowing there's so much peace involved, when, and, and when you know that you know that you know that God is with you, oh, it's such a wonderful place to be in life. Because now you're not trying to prove yourself. You're not trying to save face. You're not worried about looking bad because, you know, as we were talking about the other day, you know, you know, even if you're ashamed, there's double for your shame. If there's a mistake, God works it out for good. Uh, if people are not recognizing or disregarding you at any level, you understand that God comes through, you know, no matter what. Like, you understand, even if it looks like you're behind the scenes for a while, you know, I mean, think of David's story of just being behind the scenes in that, in that wilderness. And I mean, if you just think about for what he really was purposed to do, tending sheep didn't just didn't seem like it would line up. You know, if you if you you know within you you're a warrior, and Dad is sending everybody to a military academy, and you're tending the sheep, and your thought is, why I got to tend the sheep, and if you guys are playing around in the yard and you're like, I beat them every time we do stuff. Just because I'm younger, why do I have to do this? But, but just to see David be faithful and embrace, because think about it, when the lion and the bear was after the sheep, he could be like, hey, you can have them. I don't want to be out here anyway. But he still had a level of uh, uh, diligence and attentiveness to even something that he thought was beneath his purpose. Right, and then they, then somebody asks you to take uh, uh, meals and biscuits. Like you could be like, why, why am I taking meals to them? You know, I want I want to be one of them. But he took them faithfully. Then you're asked to play a harp, like play music, and he played faithfully. Like even though he he was the next king, and so 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 there's there's something about the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. But I'll say this: David knew God's heart. He knew God. So he didn't worry about the circumstances. Now, we got to ask ourselves, are we worried about the circumstances? Now, I'm not saying, do we come to church? Do we read the Bible? Do we acknowledge God? Do we talk about Him? But when circumstances come up or there's circumstances in our life, do we give more weight to the circumstances than God? Right? So, so, so I was just thinking about God has afforded us, he set the members in the body as it pleases him, connections for a reason because there's something about when you're in your fit, you flourish and you flow better. Like, like uh, Scripture says to be fitly joined together. It says each member one of another, but like each piece is, is empowering the other piece. And so if you, you think about, you know, you have this one battery um, and the... The system of operation takes four batteries. So you got three batteries in place. It's not going to work. It needs all four. The one battery outside by itself does nothing. But the battery with the other four empowers the system. And I think we're like those batteries. Once we get 
you know, you snap the battery in like you're like, oh, it's not working. It's not working. And you ever, you ever open something up and you see one battery is kind of, it's in place, but it's sticking out a little bit. And as soon as you snap that thing in, the power starts. And I think that's what God is trying to get us to do. It's like, I think we've gone through the stage where we, we acknowledge God. Again, we're, um, well, obviously we've accepted God. We've acknowledged God. We're talking about God. And so we're, we're like that battery that looks like it's in place, but we're not snapped in. You know, once you snap yourself in and you really, uh, uh, really get connected like you're supposed to, not only do you assist in power, you experience power. That power goes all through you. You know, power goes all through you. And that's why when you get around certain people, vision and ideas happen. Me and my wife, you know, we... Uh, Bible study fellowship started for us a long time ago. You know, you know, we do Bible study fellowship at the church, but it started for us a long time ago, like driving down the road, talk, like constantly talking about like what we do every day, right? Like we, what, we talk about the Word. You know, today, we never even got to the New Testament passage, right? We, just, we, we was stuck in Daniel, right? Well, why? People started talking, and before you know it, and then you may think it's, it's, we're off topic, but really that's, we're fellowshipping around the Word, and he's stimulating discussion about purpose. I mean, I mean, this morning, folk got into technology. <laughs> it was just like, you know, just uh, what Karen said. Karen said, hey, you mess around. She says, when things, when everything shuts down and it's back to a primitive state, you'd be so handicapped, uh, used to everything happening for you, you know, some people won't even know how to start a fire. You know, that's what she was saying. She says, how many of us can start a fire? <laughs> well, she was just saying, like, you're so dependent, like you're being trained to be dependent. But we got all that was through Bible study fellowship. And that's what we do, right? We'll have a conversation. Uh, and sometimes we, as we grow, as we're being a counselor, sometimes she'll be like, you go ahead. And I'll start talking. She's like, oh, I said, well, I thought you had nothing to say. She says, yeah, but once you start talking, it stirred up something in me, Right? That's what we do when we have the mics, right? The word goes forth and it stirs up juices. My nephew said the first, uh, I don't know, the first thing he came was a Bible study fellowship or, or class. And my, I think it was class. He said, he said, man, he said, Uncle Keith, I learned from you. He says, but I learned a lot from everybody talking. He says, like, like hearing everybody crystallize what they got, that added to what I learned. Because, man, I didn't look at it from that angle. Hey, now that's a good point. That's what I was trying to say. You see what connections do for us, so it's, it's more valuable than you think. And this is the reality. When your induction to a ministry should be based on divine connection, should be based on communication and relationship with the family of God, not based on activities, accolades, or amusement. So a lot of times people go to a church and it's based on activities. What, I just want to know, what activities are you doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I just want to know, what, you tell me what activities are you operating in, right? Okay, people could be operating in activities and not know God, right? Okay, what, what, what I just want to know, uh, I know some people says, okay, I'm going to go there. I just want to know how quick I'm going to move up and get my accolade. And then some people, it's just all about entertainment. Like our culture is dominant on going, they'll sit in, a, in an environment just to get entertained, like they're going to concerts or just going to uh, motivational speaking and have lost sight of divine connection, communication, and relationship. Some people go to church, have no relationships with nobody in the building. They go to the church for that purpose. Oh, it's a lot of people here. I can hide over here, and I don't have to develop relationships. No one's going to hold me accountable. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear this well-known place as a badge, but don't nobody know me here, and I don't want nobody to know me. That way I can still slip and dip and do what I want to do. I don't want to grow in relationships, but I'm going to tell you, family and relationships are very difficult. Family in general. Like, all y'all love each other, but y'all still growing together. You still like, what did David say? Tiana, what is he talking about? You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Now, you know, because they're two females, so of course, you know, David's crazy half of the time. Like, what in the world? 
all right, we're going to roll with it, but I, here he go, you know. I don't know. I might have liked him better when he wasn't all in God. <laughs> you know, we can get away with more, you know what I'm saying? Like, he don't miss nothing now, you know. Gee, where is, all right, all right, Tony anointing now, brother. You know, you know what I'm saying? But just growing as a family because everybody's not ready for everybody's revelation. Everybody's not ready, ready for everybody's change. You get so excited, and then more stuff start happening, and it could be overwhelming because you, because you believe it for it, then it happens. Like it's happening, and they're expecting stuff of me. That's the ah 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 ah. It's it's kind of what I wanted, but uh, like they're looking at me. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, so if I mess up, they're gonna see me. Exactly. You get to know your family. Because family understands everybody mess up. Everybody misses it. It's how you miss it, right? So if you're growing as a, 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 a piece of the family that's connected to the family, imagine how it is growing with these people that don't live with you every day. What's she say? Who she thinks she's talking to? Well, she wasn't even trying to, she just is not used to being around anybody else. So she just says whatever's on her mind. But that's an opportunity to go, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but when you say that, you know, you know that can come across pretty kind of cold. Like, you, hey, do you recognize your impatience? Now we're growing as a family, but as opposed to leaving a person, go, you should see how she talked to me? Man, she talked to me like that too. The person don't even know because they weren't used to being around or interacting with a team or a family before. You see what I'm saying? That, that, that's why you have discord in church. It's like everybody thinks everybody's supposed to be ready-made. No, we're all coming together, getting to know one another, adapting and adjusting. And if you say, this is just the way I am, no, that's the way you've been before you started connecting to the family. So imagine in the marriage, you go, just the way I am. No, 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 no. You were single. You were selfish. Now you got to flow with the team. So you got to adapt and adjust, Right? It's not the way I am, it's the way I'm going to be, right? With every family, come to church, it's the same thing. Oh, no, Pastor Keith done lost his mind. Man, nobody do stuff like that. Oh, so really? You're going to just take away my music? I'm not taking away nothing. I'm making you aware of do you want to get the full benefit of the realization of God or not? My job is to offer you what it takes. Your job is to make the choice. Don't get mad at me because I'm offering it, Right? You can choose, and we don't get mad at you if you choose the wrong thing. I just was told, talking to a, a father about this. I was like, we're patient as you realize what you need to do, <laughs> right? Because who, who, you think you're the only person going to take the hit? We got to take the hit because we're going to get the call, right? Hey, uh, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Could you help me? And, yes, at times we're thinking, uh, you know, you, got, you were forewarned. But we're not going to mush it in your face. We'll just say, okay, let's help you from here, right? And hoping the whole time you discover, you know what? If I would have just listened, and now I know better. So I'd have made that mistake. Going forward, I'm going to pay more attention. And we're all good, right? And so some would rather a flesh connection than a God connection. Some people would rather a flesh connection than a God connection. Um, I might have time to get into it later. I won't get into it now. But that's what you call familiar spirits. It's all about blessed connections. And so when people sometimes when they're growing in the church, and especially when they're trying to grow with leadership, instead of allowing themselves to be elevated or appointed, they try to manipulate their way into positions. And so when they do that, it's all about a flesh connection. And so, so there's a lot of um, flattery involved when you're trying to make a flesh connection. And so uh, solid men and women of God are just yielding to God. They, they don't respond to flattery. Half of the time they don't even notice it because they're not looking for it. People looking for flattery, they're, they're, they're not solid men and women of God. It's all about them. But if I'm, if I'm in a, a delegated authority, we'll talk about this on Saturday morning, I'm a delegated authority Flattery is not what moves me. You see what I'm saying? Like, 
I'm operating off obedience. So you know, let's say if somebody, uh, let's say if somebody spends all their resources, I don't know, they send me on vacation, they, they buy me a car, guess what? I'm going to go on a vacation, I'm going to drive the car. But I'm still going to be obedient. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, so their mind be like, but I, but, but I bought you the car and I sent you on a vacation. So I get the position, right? I figured you did that because you love me, but I, I'm, nothing changes for me. You understand what I'm saying? I have to be obedient. Does that make sense? It's not based on flattery, right? And that's what's so tough is, is uh, we were in the store the other day. And, you know, I'm locked in, you know, we got all this stuff going on, had to purchase the supplies for the people painting and stuff like that. So then um, I guess I'm making too many purchases that day and the car declined. Now, I knew it was money on the car, but I guess they was like, maybe this is uh, fraud or something. So I'm working through that. So, so a guy was talking to her, but he was, I guess he was talking to both of us. I thought he was talking to her. He was trying to crack jokes for flattery. Well, he must have told her. I didn't even hear him. He was like, well, I guess, I guess that wasn't funny to him. But I didn't even hear him because I'm locked in on what I'm doing. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not really playing off of that. And so, so, so again, it's not about flesh connections. It's about harmonizing what God's purpose and will is, right? right so let's look here at Psalm 37. Let's go to Psalm 37, and we're going to lock in on verse 23. Psalm 3723. Nice haircut. <laughs> Psalm 3723. That's my guy right there. <laughs> um, verse 23 says this. It says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Right? And so, so the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but let's connect this to 1 Corinthians 12, 18. It says, God set the members in the body as it pleases him. So God is ordering our steps and, and he's guiding us into connections. God is ordering our steps and he's dividing us into connections. So this is why we can't dull our senses. Uh, it's another teaching coming up. I forgot what it's called, but <laughs> well, I know that's a part of it, dulling our senses. We can't dull our senses because we can miss divine connections. God could be ordering our steps and we can miss steps. Oh, we had a teaching a long time ago called missteps, right? We can miss steps. And then we're going to understand why this is happening to me because we're not following God's ordered steps, right? And he's, we're not following him into where he's trying to plan us, set us, and connect us, right? Because God set the members in the body as it pleases him. Think about Joseph. Even though Joseph was uh, betrayed by his brothers, right? First, they put him in a pit. Their, their first thought was to kill him. But because of divine connection within the family, one of the brothers said, nah, 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 let's not kill him. If that was his only job, he saved Joseph from, from getting killed. Well, then they decided to say, send him to slavery. Now, this is a perfect example of God gives Joseph a dream. Now, God set the members in the body as it pleased him. So he set them in the family, and he's positioned as the 11th child, right, out of all of Joseph's kids, right? Benjamin was the 12th, right? And so he's set in this divine position. Out of all 12, he was given a dream. He's given a dream, and because he's young and zealous, he shared it with his brothers and and. and they believed that, like, they didn't play off dreams. They understood dreams was important because those are part of, part of God's order steps. But in the dream, it says that they were going to bow down to him. And it's like, you done lost your mind. And then he already had favor with his dad because his dad gave him a coat of many colors. So he, was, he had favor, too. So out of envy, they said, okay, let's kill him. And then after that, they said, okay, what we'll do is we won't kill him. Let's send him to slavery because they figured we send him to slavery, we'll never see this guy again not knowing there was going to be a famine. So he goes and he, he's in prison and he rises, well, he's a slave. He rises to the top of being a slave. Then he got set up by the wife and he goes to prison. Now, now he could have been with anybody in the prison. See, God's divine connection does, doesn't make a difference what the circumstances is. 
He happened to be with the butcher and the baker. He could have been with anybody. Now, because he was with the butcher and the baker and he interpreted the dream, the, the, no, I said the butcher and the baker, the butler and the, is the butler and the baker? Did I say, is that right? It's the butler and the baker? I don't confuse myself just now. I don't know where the butcher came from. You sure it's not the butler and the butcher? Huh? So it's the, it's the butler and the baker. Okay, okay. So he interprets, he, he interprets the dream. I mean, the whole story is from Genesis 39 all the way to Genesis 50. But he interprets the dream, both of their dreams. One of them, he says, well, basically, you're about to die. <laughs> and he died. And the other one, is he says, you're going to get delivered. He says, but when you get... When you get taken out of prison, don't forget about me. That was the butler, correct? Am I right? You're almost positive it's the butler. I think the, the baker got killed, right? I used to know the story by heart, but I'm almost positive the butler gets delivered. So, so he gets delivered, but he forgets about him. He didn't forget about him for a couple of weeks. He forgot about him for a long time. But when the in the, in the, you know, the Bible talks, always talks about the process of time. In the process of time, Pharaoh had that dream. Nobody could interpret it. He says, wait, it was a guy with me in prison, divine connection. And he interpreted dreams. Let's, let's get him. <laughs> and so, but imagine if he wasn't connected with him in the prison and he didn't interpret the dream for him to get out. So it wasn't that he told interpretation of dreams. It came true. Power was involved in this. And so because it came true, and he says, man, it wasn't for, for his dream. I might not be in this situation. Oh, I know somebody that can tell you the truth. So see, you see divine connections. He was, with, he was with the right person. And so it's all about uh, being in the family. It's like being all in the family. One of the first stages in recognizing connection is a sense of, of spiritual family, recognizing a sense of spiritual family. One of the first stages in recognizing connection is a sense of spiritual family. Let's look at this. Um, you know, I know we read through this Bible study fellowship, but uh, year ages ago when I first read this, I couldn't get, get my eyes off it. I think I was doing a study on heaven and earth taught it here probably like six or seven years ago, but um, I know I reference it a lot, but see Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3, we'll start here at verse 14. Ephesians 3, starting with verse 14. It says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And look at the emphasis here, verse 15, of whom the whole family in heaven and, that's a conjunction, in earth is named. It says the whole family in heaven and earth. The whole family in heaven and earth. So that's just not a natural family. That's a spiritual family too. And, and see, it connects to Genesis 2-1 when it says, and God was finished with the heavens and the earth and all the host of them, those that occupy. When, it, when you see the word host, those that occupy heaven and earth, right? And so here you have, it's all about family, right? Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth. And so, so remember we were in, um, let's go to Romans 12. Uh, I'm trying to think of who taught it. Who taught on one body in the, uh, for uh, survival kit? Minister Lamar, right? Uh, and so, the discipleship class is pretty powerful in talking about one body because we cheat ourselves from the benefit of that. But let's, let's read here Romans 12, 4, and 5. It says, for as we have many members in one body and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ and every one members one of another. So we're saying that, that, that we're a part of a full body. And if you think about what the adversary has done in our lives when he's created, we talk about this on Saturday, rebellion, he's had us actually reject the body. 
So if you think about it, if, if when you start to have surgeries and different things in your life, body parts start to reject the body. You know, you ever see somebody get a transplant and, they, and the person says, well, they got a kidney transplant, but the body rejected the kidney, right? Well, sometimes our, uh, when we take on different, um, um, uh, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, and I'm not just talking about uh, illegal pharmaceuticals. You know, if you start to study out that, that pharmaceuticals and pharma, you'll see it's, it's uh, you know, even the little snake and stuff like that. It's a lot of witchcraft involved. It's a lot of hallucinogenics. It's a lot of poison involved. When you start taking on these foreign things into your body, what happens is it starts to affect the body and causes the body to actually, uh, parts to start to not operate in harmony with the body. Right? So they're almost rejecting flowing with the body. You know, it's just like if you, if you intoxicate, you take on the wrong poison to your brain, your brain is, is designed to function and harmonize and blood flow and everything to flow a certain way, send signals to the body. But sometimes people's body is not picking up the signal because now it's not in harmony. Same thing with us. When we start to take in on things of the world, we, 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 we start to go against the body and so we're not operating with the body, but again, imagine your hand actually deciding it did not want to participate with the body. What else is it going to do? Soon as your hand decides not to participate in the body, it's on its process of dying. It lives connected to the body. Its purpose is connected to the body. Separated from the body, you're in trouble. You know, I, had, I dealt with a sciatic and stuff like that, so, so some nerves uh, got affected. So as the nerves got affected, well, there were certain parts that I couldn't feel. All because, so, so again, you got, the, you got this muscle, the sciatic goes down your lower back, around your side, all the way down to your foot. So at first, I thought I was dealing with hip pain. But it really was starting with the lower back. Then it started pressing on the nerve and to a point where it started to uh, um, uh, uh, affect the nerve, damage the nerve, right? And so, so, again, I had to go through, a, obviously I'm fine now, but I had to go through a process to get things back to harmonize. You know, get things back to flowing and to functioning because it wasn't operating the same, right? Because I was... Uh, I was damaging it. And sometimes we do the same thing. Even, even when uh, the scripture, uh, Ephesians 5, talks about marriage, it talks about uh, what the husband's supposed to do with the wife and how the wife's supposed to cherish her husband. But you know what? Within all that, it's saying something very special. Submit yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Stay connected. And if you think about what, what destroys marriage is disconnection. Right? And a lot of times that disconnection didn't start when people got married. It's they, they brought in their fears and their insecurities of what's happened in the past. And so they're, they're, they're not totally committing to what the connection that God has afforded them. So, so, so when I met my wife, what brought us together, the biggest thing that brought us together, she has to speak for herself when she has the mic, um, which there is a mic available. <laughs> um, but God told me that was my wife. Not, I felt like the circumstances was favorable. Not, we had all our ducks in a row. No, God just said that was my wife. And I had been in situations where people would talk about marriage, and every time they talked about marriage, I was like, well, I make you sick. Why would you want to be married? Well, don't you want a big wedding? We can't afford it. Like, I always had a, and again, I thought I was being sincere, but really, what, if, I, if, I, if somebody would have challenged me to dig deep, what I would probably would have said is, I'm not sure I want to be spending the rest of my life with this person. So the third time this person asked me, I said, well, I'm not sure I want to, I know y'all going to say this is cold, but it was, I had to be, the more you press me, truth come out. Like, I don't know how not to, I said, I don't know if I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Like, but I wasn't trying to be cold. I was like, okay, well, I, I can't think, <laughs> look, I ran out of, <laughs> I ran out of, situations, and the reality was, I don't know, because I wasn't playing off of God. God told me I was my wife. I engaged her in five months, married her in 10. 
right? And so, so it started with what? God saying, that's your connection. God made a connection at that altar. Yes, I inquired of the Lord. He said, that's your wife. That's your connection. So that starts the process. Now we have to learn how to submit to one another. We have to learn to yield ourselves, right? And, and so my life has never been the same since I met Melanie Bradley. And so, so that's a divine connection. There's things that I could do, I should do, but I wouldn't have done if it wasn't for that fire over there, right? You understand what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's but, but let's say her by herself, stuff ain't happening because that fire needed to be attached to this focus. You understand what I'm saying? Like, so, so divine connections are important. Listen, uh, we, uh, we, we did like, t- we did it twice. I know Zenum went. I think Zenum, the only people here that actually went when we did the Heirs Life conferences, right? And so even before that, maybe a few years before at the dance studio, I taught, I think when the year would start out, I would teach on the Heirs Life, like to start the year off, you know, talk about more how we're going to tighten things up uh, right after our anniversary, and I would teach on the Heirs Life. And connections is what the Heirs Life is all about. It's, it's, it's a bunch of divine connections. Do you understand we're in a special situation? We couldn't have orchestrated the connections we have here at Ayers if we tried. None of us could have planned being connected like we are. And sometimes we're taking for granted the connection. We're so busy looking for something else, we don't even see what we have sometimes. Right? But we couldn't have planned it. Even some of the stretching things. Some of us would never be doing some of the things we're doing if we weren't living the heir's life, right? And this is the thing. Most people live in format and formalities, right? Most people live in format or formalities. It's all about having a certain format and operating certain formalities. But you know what? We live in family. That's where we live. We live in family. That's where we get empowered. We don't get empowered by the format or the formalities. We don't even get empowered by the, the positions and stuff like that. You know, we get empowered in family. That's it. In our connections. That's what makes it special. And you notice when, when we get funky, when something is, is, is affected the family, that's when we get funky. But when we but, but when we flow in family, or, or if you if they ever say get in your head and you second guess your, your connection or your relationship, then they they probably don't like me. I really messed up. Well, I'm not as important. Now I've seen people talk themselves out of stuff, and they're gifted, and be like, well, you know, like like we don't even know because we're we're benefiting from the gift, and they're hanging on by a thread. Like they're like every week they're like, I did it again. Oh. I did it again. And the whole time we're like, man, I've never seen nothing like this. And then finally they're going to talk themselves out of it. And we wonder like, why aren't they doing that no more? Because the average say they got in their head because his job is what? Divide and conquer. When the whole time they're gifted. They're a benefit to the family, right? So, so this, is, this, is, this is why we God is setting us up for some things, because most ministries are just happy to have bodies that are giving, right? We're happy to have bodies that are also living, <laughs> right? We, we're not just, it's not just about sucking the life out of people, but, but when we live, we inspire each other to live, right? When we live, we inspire each other to live, and, and that's why divine connections bring life to you, like you feel empowered to do stuff you never thought about. They communicate things that go, oh, 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 that makes me think about this. I was listening, I was listening, well, I listened this morning, but I know uh, one day this week, I think we was on Bible Study Fellowship, probably was like 840. It might have been like 840. Oh, that, that was the day LaBarbera asked the question, right? And it was, was that yesterday? I'm doing so much stuff, it all, it's all running together for me. And so I remember LaBarbera asked a question, and so, so we started answering to her and stuff like that. And then it just started inspiring folks. Bam, bam. Like, you know, people was getting excited, you know, just flowing. And then LaBarbera, uh, well, I think, well, I was out here, so I had to do something. Then I got back on, and I think uh, Trina was fired up. She was rolling. I said, well, what happened? 
you know, what got Trina fired up? But the barber must have said, uh, I wish I didn't ask, the, I shouldn't have asked the question because, because I think you must have said, well, it's, it's the top of the hour. You know how y'all be doing. That was you. You must have said it's the top of the hour. So she probably thought, well, I don't got us talking long. Uh, oh, no, it was powerful. Why? Because it's family. People came alive based on what was being discussed. And almost like we probably would have been on there long. I think you was like, well, I guess we just love fellowship. But it was, but I said to myself, I was like, wow, I said, I said, we, we rolling today. I said, I don't even think nobody know what time it is. Because there wasn't nobody talking like they knew what time it was. It was just like, it was just like business as usual. You know what I'm saying? But it was like 840, right? Well, what happens is when you're around family, you come alive, man, they stir you up. It's a, it's a powerful thing to be in. You know, but you can't talk yourself out of family. See, this is the thing. Connections and family are big, but you got to love through them, right? So this is the thing, like, we love through our family matters. We love through our family matters. And that's situations and issues. Remember, if it's family, it matters. If it's family, it matters. If family actually matters. If it's family, it matters if family actually matters. See, 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 so, so you don't run through, run from family matters, right? You don't get mad first. You love through family matters. That's the thing. Something comes up and, because there will be issues in family. You know, you come to Ayers Christian Center Church, it's such a loving environment. What, oh, ho, oh, oh, what they say? Well, what was that? Well, I just think that was insensitive. Oh, no, no, that's an opportunity to love. Not to run. See, see, the thing is, your first impression is what God was sending you to. That's how he drew you in. Now, once he got you in, now you have to, so, so you come in by faith and now you grow in love. You see what I'm saying? Now you got to use love. You got to use patience. The same thing we require. Because guess what? Somebody did something to you, I know since you've been to this church, funky. Seemingly funky, right? And at some people have kind of, well, you know, I ain't going to have nothing to do with that person no more. So should people deal with you that way? Because you're doing stuff funky all the time. So, so people just discard you? But normally what do we want? No, no, you, no, that's not what I meant. Well, you could have just talked to me. You know, just been patient. Okay, fine. Are you operating that way? Nobody talks to me. Are you talking to people? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if there's an expectation you have, are you giving what you expect? Because normally you reap what you sow, not what you expect. <laughs> so if I want people to communicate with me, then I'm always communicating with people. A person that maybe is bothered to say nobody's talking to me is saying they're experiencing a whole lot of rejection because they're always reaching out to folks. But normally that's not the case, right? That somebody's not talking to nobody and saying nobody talks to me. Uh, they probably don't know if you're going to explode, break, or cry because you don't say nothing to nobody. See, see, see that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, you love through family matters. Number one attribute of love is giving. You give yourself to family. When things are uncomfortable, you figure out how to work things through. And it's selfless. Like, like if you get mad at any time because you think somebody should have handled a thing a certain way, based on what? See, that's about self-preservation. But a family seeks to understand. Like, you do what's best in a family. I just was talking to a family man today. And I was like, listen, man, you know, to operate a family, you got to do what's best. You got to let things evolve. But sometimes we're so selfish, we're putting our hands on everything. Listen, I'm saying this to you respectfully. Some of our fears and our panics and stuff we go through... That's self. That ain't, that ain't family. You don't trust God there. 
If you really trust God, you'll let it all play itself out. Like if you really heard from God, you let it all play out. Nothing would bother you. Person could move to another state. You'd be like, hey, move if you want to, but I know what God told me. You see what I'm saying? Not, oh my God, what am I going to do? They moved. Well, you don't believe God. If, you, if, if, if the person meets somebody else, you can meet if you want to. I know what God told me. Not, oh God, oh no, I can't believe. You don't believe God. And probably you don't believe God because maybe God didn't tell you. Because if he told you, you wouldn't operate in fear. All right, so that's just a thought there. I just threw that in there. We good? Yeah. All right. So I said, remember, if it's family, it, 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 it okay, I'm sorry. If it's family, it has matters, situations and circumstances, if family actually matters. So if you're in a family, there are going to be matters, issues, and situations. Every family has matters. If you think there's something wrong with this family, there's issues. No, something right with the family because that's how you grow. <laughs> right? If it's family, it has matters if it really matters, if family really matters, right? So some of us are learning to be a part of a family. We're learning to be a part of connections. We've never been a part of a family. Some of us have never been a part of teams. And one of the things you learn about family and teams, uh, people that's been in the military tell you this, uh, like you learn how to be selfless because we got to win together. In the military, it ain't personal. Like we just got to win together. You know, I remember when Terrell was talking, you know, he was like, okay, this kid's bothering me, but you realize in certain situations where it's go through training, well, I need this person. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't make a difference how I feel. We got to win together, right? Uh, you know, when I played in college, we didn't all hang out. I want to say everybody may, may have not liked each other, but we won together. We came together to win. Like, no matter what, we, we's going to win. And it's, it's like we all had these little quirky personalities. Like, I didn't really, they called me antisocial because I just, I didn't like sitting around talking about other players. So I lead a room. I was like, we start talking about, I was like, man, I might play against him. I'm out. They're like, man, you trying to be antisocial. I said, man, we're going to sit around here talking about other people. I go to my room and watch videos or something, man. I just, I was quirky, you know. But you could depend on me. Game time, I could be as quirky as I want to be. But you can rely on me. You can rely on me to play defense. You can rely on me to finish. You can rely on me to have heart. You can, lie, you can, you can depend on me, right? Because once we got on that court, we had a common vision. So, so everybody here might not hang out. Everybody here might not like the same things. You know, some people might not like the same teams, might not like the same foods. You know, some people may be eclectic. Some people may be uh, flamboyant. Some people may be uh, somewhat reserved. But we can win together. You see what I'm saying? Like, some people may be from New Jersey. And, like, couldn't you be a little more sensitive when you said that, bro? Gee whiz, like, you know, you're in a different culture now. You might want to just tone that down a little bit. But then somebody might say, eh, that's kind of country. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you know, probably a little naive there, you know. You know, uh, you know uh, time has been evolving since you've been in your cave. You know, <laughs> right? You get, but everybody's different. But guess what? When it's time for us to win souls, we're on the same team, Right? Right? We're a family, growing together, right? And so, so uh, when you learn to be a part of family, you're learning to speak the truth in love. Or should I say, learning to mostly receive the truth in love, <laughs> right? Because I think some people may speak the truth. I think the struggle is receiving the truth. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so, so when you're growing, see, this truth connects us. Because think about, if, if a lie is between us, are we connected? No. It's not a true connection, right? Because there's a lie between us. There's a pink elephant between us. Like you have, you've been in families and they got like herds of pink elephants. Are they really connected? 
You know, that's what you see the movies like where, you know, it'd be like a funeral or something, and it'd be all these, like, uh, secrets that be popping out. You know, people don't know this, that, and the other. You know, why? why? Because there's been pink elephants their entire life. No, 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 no. Family's connecting truth. One of the things I love about that woman right there, we talk things through, um, but we live in truth. Now, we probably don't always like the truth, <laughs> but we understand that we can't, we can't store it. It can't be something we're carrying around because it'll eat, eat, eat at us, you know. And I don't care what it is. Like, we make decisions, even as around here. Like, we just don't be doing stuff. Like, you know, we, we, we consult with people, and then we consult with one another. And, and, and I might, like, lately there's been so many decisions and, and, and transparently, y'all, let me, let me help y'all out. We're listening from God. We're consulting with people. But the bottom line, you still don't. So, so this is for you, Tiana. So when you do art, right, you put together something, right? Now, when you put it together, it seems like it's a wonderful thing. Now other people got to see it. And you don't know what their response is going to be. But the thing is, it's already done. Put it out there. Because this is just a small level for some, some greater, greater levels you're going to. So, you, so a few people are going to see everything. Now when everybody across the people coming into the museum to see the stuff, it is what it is. It's, art is relative. Some people can see it and some people can't, but your job is to get it out there. And so we have to go through that now. We do stuff around here. When we did this, uh, uh, this building, so it was red carpet. Remember they had the banisters? The people that came the first time, I called them um, uh, barriers, <laughs> you know, because I, I just feel like you're disconnected. You know, you got, you, know you, had, you got the banisters or you, you, you got the fortress, right? I just think you're disconnected from people, right? Then we had the pews, you had the red carpet, right, all the way out. And you had the stage going up. It was, I think it started about here and it, it kind of teared up, you know, like the little choir loft stage. And so, so we come in and we see airs building. But you can see whatever you want. And then you can do it and everybody can come in and you, you, I could be preaching and everybody like, what in the world did they do to this building? These people don't lost their minds. Right? But the thing is, you got to trust what God shows you. And you got to just put yourself out there. As we're doing stuff, listen, we're in the same position you're in. We're just putting ourselves on the line. We do something... Uh, I'm going to say this. I'm, I won't say who said it. But so somebody said, who, who chose the palette for the, uh, the colors outside? Like the, the colors for the building? So they said, so, so I said, I said, well, we collectively, you know, chose the palette. Well, you might want to consult with, uh, I could say, my family member. Because uh, they've gone to school for that. Next time, you might want to consult with them. Right? So that, 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 that comes across kind of critical, right? You know what my response was? Okay. We ain't changing the color on the building. It's already done. You know what I'm saying? But this is the thing. When you do something like that, what do you think we're thinking? We don't know these people. They could jack up the whole building. And, and they paint it. But once it's done, the whole time we're sitting back going, man, I hope this, this, this works. You know, we, you, you see it. Now, I'm, I, I'm, I'm an art guy, so I see stuff. But now, my teammate over there, she's like, now, nah, now, nah, we got the... Matter of fact, they painted it, splotches on it before they did it. Because he was like, I need to see it on the building. Like, I just, I hear what you're saying, baby, but I got to see it. You understand what I'm saying? Like, as a part of a family, just like, okay, so, so Tiana, you and the family, they're going to be doing stuff at the house. You'll be like, what in the world? What they think? Like, but they're making decisions that they believe is best for what they see at the time. That's what family is about. They don't agree with all the decisions you make. Trust me. I'm telling you right now they don't. Right? But again, they're... they're <laughs> David, you don't even, you have time, you ain't even laughing, but it's like, you almost about to explode over there. Like, now that you mention it, like, I do got a couple things on my list that, <laughs> that was figuring out how to tell her, what are you doing, right? But that's what, that's what family is about. 
You understand what I'm saying? That's what family is about. It's not about everybody's going to be happy with everything you're doing. And the thing is, you do stuff. Do you understand? Around here, ask anybody around here. People have made mistakes. It's not the mistake. It's how we handle it. God covers it. If you trip on a mistake, well, why'd you do this? Well, God don't cover that. Interview the people around here. I don't be tripping on mistakes. She'll tell you, I ain't tripping on no mistakes. I'm like, well, hey, surprise to me, but not surprise to God. He just had to figure it out. That's how she wrote, right? Am I, we in agreement, right? That's how we wrote. Right? Why? That's what family's about. Because the whole thing is everybody's trying to do what's best for the family. Nobody's trying to trip. Hey, if you ever see us do something, you're like, okay, was that their plan? It might have been. It might not have been. In other words, we might have had the plan, but the people might have carried it out totally different than we planned. Bottom line is, now we got to what? We got to make the next best decision from right there, right? Right? You understand what I'm saying? It's family, y'all. That's, that's what I'm saying. Do we really? All our life, we wanted family. Now you got a family. Are you going to flow with family? You get a chance to actually operate with family. To go, look, guess what? To go through family matters. And when you get through them, you're, you're tighter. We're such, have such a tight relationship because we've gone through family matters. Not because we married, went down the aisle, and the, the, them stars and sparks have been following us ever since. Butterflies too. Can't get the butterflies out the car. No, it's not that. It's not that. It's not. No, family matters is what solidifies our relationship. Right? See, you can't tell me anything about Pastor Mel. You, hey, you better come correct because we don't go through wars together. Listen, can't nobody even walk up on me and tempt me? I, I, I sometimes almost, I, I do, do well because I'm a man of God, but sometimes I almost got an attitude. Like, really? You ain't going through no wars. You think you're just going to walk up and smile? Oh, you're going to have to come better than that. <laughs> like, like, you ain't went through no wars. No one's actually ever crossed my heart like that woman. And that cross has not just been because everything's wonderful. We've grown through family matters. It's a wonderful thing. That's why I'm so happy with her. Right? And that's why we're going to be happy because we're going to grow through what? Family matters. Right? Obviously, we're growing through family matters. Right? And so, so... The scripture says, speak the truth in love, right? Right? Was it uh, Ephesians 4, 15? Can two walk together unless they be agreed? It didn't say, can two walk together because they are agreed. What it's saying is that you have to learn to agree. You have to work to get in harmony. Because we're going to start out together, but then one person is going to say, well, I think we should go this way. Well, I think we should go this way. Now you've got to figure out how to harmonize to go the best way. And then you also have to agree, if we, we're going to go your way. And then when you go down that road and you realize, I think we're going the wrong way, that's not the opportunity to go, see, stupid, I told you we should have went that way. No, that's like, hey, we, at least we know this is not the way to go. All right, let's try to go back the way I thought. What's wrong with that? But, but we're trying to boost our egos and save face instead of just harmonizing the family matters. It's not about, I ch- you should have did what I told you. That's about self. That ain't about harmony. Because if the goal is, let's say you're right. The goal is just to, let's get it done. Like, we're trying to win a game, and I said, man, I think we should, we should run this zone. And the person said, no, nah, man, I think we should go man to man. Well, the man to man ain't working. All right, let's do the zone now. I just want to win the game. I'm not, I'm not taking the time to go, y'all should have listened to me. That don't make a difference. I'm trying to win. You see what I'm saying? Can we do this, right? Because um, the scripture says, do all things without murmuring and complaining. Philippians 2. Didn't we read that the other day, Bible study fellowship? How many things? But how often do we murmur and complain? We're amplifying the obvious. How does that help the situation? Stating what's already happened. Let's just get to what we're supposed to do. How about that? 
And now we can harmonize together because let's say it turns out that you're right. Do you want people to follow you in the future? They're not going to follow you in the future. It's every time you're right, you're going to mush it in their face. So how, are, how do you operate? You have a difference of opinion. turns out the person's right, and they go, yeah, I told you. You shouldn't listen to me, this, that, and the other. Even the next time, you're like, man, I hope they're not right because they're just going to mush it in my face. But if a person handles it well, you're like, hey, I don't know what I was thinking. We should have went your way. Cool. Let's, let's rock and roll. Right? So, so, so it's not about mushing and complaining and tripping and stuff like that. We can flow together. The Bible says we should be ministers of what? Reconciliation. It's basically saying we should operate like Moses, persuade and return for attack, meekness, right? It's all about reconciling. It's not about, it's all about connecting. It's not about being right or, or mushing it in people's face when they're wrong or or it's, it's really about harmonizing, right? We, we read this the other day, too. Was it how, how, is it how sweet or how beautiful it is to dwell together in unity? What is it? Uh, uh, Psalm 133.1. One. How, how pleasant it is. How good and pleasant it is to dwell together in unity. To dwell together, to remain in unity and harmony. And so, so that's why some people have never been a part of a team, because unity is hard. They don't look to harmonize. They look to be right and to be on top. It's just about them being on top. And then some of us have been stolen from the team. So I, so I use me. So, I, so, you know, coming up, I was late in basketball. Uh, well, 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 combination of late and late and getting good. Um, so... So I missed some of the foundational politics of basketball, some of the hustle moves. So when I got good, I'm just, it's, instead of me just knowing I'm good, I, at a stage I was feeling good because I was approved because I'm playing in this league, or I'm playing on this team, or I'm playing against this person. So I'm playing on a team and uh, playing well. So one day the guy embarrassed me, you know, he... Uh, Cause I was sitting there, I was like, man, we losing. And I'm like, man, just, what are you doing? Get me in the game, you know? And so, so I asked him, I said like, am I playing today? You know, cause it was just like we were, it, it was like he was really costing us. And the crowd was quiet at this particular time. It was loud, you know, it was a packed house. It was a big game and it got quiet. And he said, I put you in when I want to. But as soon as everybody got quiet, and it's packed house now. This was, this was a pro league. And, and I was like, really? And, you know, everybody was looking at me. And so I said, okay, cool, no problem, like that. But, but, but it, 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 I was supposed to work through it. But instead of working through it, I said, okay, no problem. I said, I'm going to be playing with this team next year. So, you know, game, we almost lost the game. They put me in the game. I brought us back. He's being nice to me. Somebody hit me in my lip. He's getting me ice. But I, was, I, I took the ice. But the whole time I was like, oh, no, I'm not playing with y'all. And, uh, you know, we were talking about the next season. I was hanging out with them. And the guy said, man, we're going to have a good season this year. I said, oh, I'm not playing with y'all. <laughs> and this other guy, came, see how Satan do, guy came to me. He says, man, I can't believe they cheat y'all the way they cheat you. But I saw that game. He said, man, you need to play with us. And so I played with them. The first game we played, one of the best teams in the league. We beat them. I played well. After that, this guy, I would barely be playing. And one of the guys on the team says, why are you, are you hurt? I said, no, I'm not hurt. He says, why aren't you out here? The whole time, the guy only wanted me on the team so he wouldn't have to play against me. It never was about benefiting me. See, I got pulled away from a team because I didn't work through the circumstance. All I had to do was, I mean, me and the guys got along great. I let one circumstance that I could have worked, a matter that I could have worked through, cost me an opportunity, right? And sometimes we do the same thing, right? See, because well, look, the average says, seeking whom he may devour. So he's hoping something doesn't go our way, we get offended, and the average is right there to say, hey, I got, I got a better option for you. 
But in everything that's important to us, we have to be able to work through it. We can't just run at the first sign of something's uncomfortable not going our way, right? I mean, I wouldn't be uh, 29 years of marriage going on 29 years in August 21st, right? But we've had to work through stuff. And oh my God, I'm so happy we have. And even as we've grown the church, I mean, I mean, I heard the stories of why people uh, leave or quit church or shut down church, and I know what they're thinking. What they're thinking is, hey, if I just went to a church and just served, the only responsibility I got is me. Why pastor? <laughs> you know, I can just go someplace, serve someplace. We, we can grow, you know. Take, it's just, hey, only obligation we got is coming up to come to service and whatever helps ministry we're on. Yeah, but that's not how, that's not how you roll. You got to be obedient to God and you got to grow through stuff with a family. You just can't run at the first sign of responsibility. You see what I'm saying? Like, oh, trust me. Like, adversary be trying to hit as we've been growing, trying to hit us with all types of stuff. But no, nah, no, nah, God, God already told us what to do. And guess what? We have to go through the, grow through the family matters. You just can't run. Oh, I'm, I'm going to go to such and such. Uh, such and such people, they like me. They're asking me to go. You know, I learned that in, from basketball. I'm not just going to some place because they're going to like you until you they pastor. <laughs> we like you as a friend. But now once, once, once you, oh, you're our pastor. Oh, no, you got to be crazy. You about to tell me the truth. You sound like, we ain't stupid. We got to, we, we're, we're committed to God's family. Just like I was committed to my family, me, my, my and my son, I love my son. We, we get along great. We had to grow through family matters. We grow on with our grandkids. We grow through family matters. But, oh, my God, they're not acting as perfect as we thought, think they should be. That's an opportunity for love. Right? Right? <laughs> right? Growing through family matters, right? See, the adversary, he's seeking whom we made the vow. That's why uh, uh, Jesus told Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I'm praying that your faith fails not. Then when you're Converted, go strengthen your brother. He says, Satan's going to try to break you down because he's seeking whom he may devour. He's, trying to, he's going to try to pick you apart piece by piece, right? Anytime there's a circumstance, he's going to try to get you, right? See, the adversary wants us isolated, knowing that a house divided can't stand. A house divided is powerless. So his goal is to divide and conquer, right? Matthew 12, 25. That's his goal. When you think about it, Look at the relationships over the years and jobs. I guarantee most of us have jobs. We're like, I probably should have stuck that out, right? But we panicked, you know, panicked and tripped, right? So some, we have to see things through. So, 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 and this is the thing. So we have to recognize divine connections because divine connections are righteous, God-ordered relationships. Divine connections are righteous, God-ordered relationships. Divine connections are righteous, God-ordered relationships. And so the devil desires to get us in isolation to, to pull us away from divine connection. See, that's how in Joshua ch chapter 7 you know, it starts with verse 1. That's how he got Achan. Achan was, think about it, Achan was a part of the, the, the family that was conquering. Remember, that they, they, they heard about the children of Israel coming to take the promised land before they came. People was running before they came. And then when they came, it's like, yeah, we heard all the miracles God did. So, so they was trembling before the children of Israel came. You on the team. You on the team of where they're afraid of oh, those guys' people. And Achan decided to save some gold and stuff for himself, right? So he took up the accursed thing. He left his place of connection and went against the family. And him and his family sunk into the middle of the earth. God cracked the earth, <laughs> Right? Right, all because he left the family. So don't let that be you, 
right? Don't let that be you as God is trying to set us up. All right, I'm going to end with this scripture in Psalm 68, 6. Psalm 68. Connections, small world, big God. It's amazing how God does stuff. I, uh, we had a guy who dropped off uh, our lawnmower this week. So I didn't know he had called me. He was outside. And so I didn't, I never got the call, but I, you know, I saw he was outside on the camera. So I went outside, you know, we, we did the deal. So later on I'm driving and I said, somebody called me from home because 973 is New Jersey. And I saw a New Jersey number. I said, who called me? So I looked up the voicemail and it was the guy that dropped off the lawnmower. And so, so I called him today. I said, man, uh, I said, uh, well, you dropped off the lawnmower. I said, so you from New Jersey? He said, yeah. He said, uh, it was a Morristown number. He said, yeah. He says, uh, you know, I, I grew up in New Jersey. I said, yeah. I said, well, you know, I grew up in Newark. And he says, oh, well, I grew up in Irvington. Well, Irvington is where my father's house was, you know, uh, 67 22nd Street. And so all my family, in, 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 including uh, Dana, Queen Latifah, they all went to Irvington High School. Her and my sister, you know, they went to Irvington High School together, right? So they all went to Irvington High School. I went there for one year. He said, oh, I own the Shell Station right down the street from Irvington High School. Like, you can't make this stuff up, man. See, big guy, small world. You never know what connects. And I didn't have to call him, but I just thought I, you know, gave him a call. And he was just breaking down. He went to Irvington High School. Like, so, you know, you just never know, you know, how God is doing things, right? So, uh, 68, verse 6. 68, verse 6. It says, God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with change, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Uh, the NLT says God sets the lonely in family. Similar to God sets the members in the body as it pleases him. This is what it says right here. God setteth the solitary in families. But this is the thing. It does say something here. We'll talk about this on Saturday. It says, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. He's trying to set them in families, but they're rebelling against God's direction and where God's sending them. And so they're staying, they're stuck in the wilderness because they won't embrace the connections that God is sending them to, right? They're fighting against connections, right? But when people are lonely, God's working. He's setting you up, right? Scripture says it, Psalm 68.6. All right, so we're in there. We'll get into some other stuff uh, next week if God still wants to talk about this. <laughs>